0: Well, Luke chapter 2, uh, verses 8 to 18 is where we're going to start, but we're going to spend a good bit of time in Second Peter chapter 1. So if you want to turn there in your Bibles, we'll get there eventually. Um, but we want to start with Luke chapter 2, verses 8 to 18. It says that there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherd said to them. So last week we talked about the Old Testament. And that the temple was the place where God's spirit would reside. But within the temple there was a room called the Holy of Holies. And that it was that room where the presence of God was. And that only one priest could enter there during the year. And when he went in, they tied a rope around him. Because if he did anything that was unholy, God would strike him dead. And that way they would be able to pull him out without going into the holy of holies themselves. We talked about how because Jesus came, the... And because Jesus came as a baby on Christmas, because he lived growing growing up living a perfect sinless life, because he went to the cross to die in our place so that we could be made holy in him, that Mark chapter 15 verse 38 says that the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. That The death of Jesus removed that barrier between us and God and now... The spirit of God, instead of it residing in a building, it resides in us. And I love the story of the shepherds encountering the angels from heaven because already, even at Jesus' birth, we begin to see the the barrier between heaven and mankind begin to break down. I I love this story because you, you begin to see this seismic spiritual shift where the supernatural spiritual world and the natural human world are coming together. It's just so cool. And possibly, maybe even cooler still, is that the armies of heavens, the angels that proclaim the birth of Jesus, proclaiming that God himself had entered human history, he didn't come and proclaim it to kings, he didn't come and proclaim it to these great religious people, he came and proclaimed it to shepherds. The angels of heaven came to common people doing common jobs on a common night because this news, this Jesus, this spirit is gonna be for everybody. And God was about to do something uncommon in a common world. Then you fast forward 30 years Jesus is getting ready to enter into his ministry and you find a guy named Simon. He would become to be called Peter later, but right now he's just Simon. He's a fisherman. He, he's a common guy doing a common job on a common day. But then the king of the angel armies that appeared to the shepherds the king, the one that the angels told the shepherds about, came to Simon walking in human form, in human clothes, in a human way, and said to Peter, come and follow me. And suddenly when Peter begins to follow Jesus, his life changes. Once again, the supernatural invading the natural And God doing something uncommon with a guy who's common. And it takes a while. Peter has some learning to do. Peter has some growing to do. Peter has some failing to do. But God began working in him and through him. And then like we talked about last week, the ultimate crashing together of the spiritual realm and the human realm, God sent his spirit down to dwell in his people, even common people like Peter. And the world was never the same again because the spirit of God was in his people. Now, fast forward again, another 30 years. Another 30 years after Christ had been ministering on earth, after Christ had died Peter is writing letters to some of the churches, specifically those who have become refugees because of their faith. 30 years later, Peter has lived an uncommon life. Peter has walked on water. Peter has seen the transfiguration of Jesus into his heavenly form. Jesus had seen Jesus die, rise again. Peter has lived an uncommon life. So to catch up to what we talked about last week, we said in 1 Peter chapter 2 verses 4 and 5, Peter says as he's writing these letters to the churches, you're coming to Christ who's the living cornerstone of God's temple. He was rejected by people, but he was chosen by God for great honor, and you are living stones that God is building into his spiritual temple. We talked about the fact that we are God's temple now. He has put his spirit in us to dwell in us. But then Peter continues. In verse 5, he says, What's more, you are his holy priests. Through the mediation of Jesus Christ, you offer spiritual sacrifices that please God. As the scriptures say, I'm placing a cornerstone in Jerusalem, a chosen for great honor, that's Jesus, and anyone who trusts in him will never be disgraced. Yes, you who trust him recognize the honor God has given him, but for those who reject him, the stone that the builders rejected has now become the cornerstone, and he is the stone that makes people stumble and the rock that makes them fall. They stumble because they don't obey God's word. And so they meet the fate that was planned for them. But in verse nine, he says, But you, but you are not like that, for you're a chosen people. You are royal priests, a holy nation, God's very own possession. As a result, you can show others the goodness of God, for he called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Peter says, Not only are you the temple, you're the priests now. So think again back to where we were talking about last week in the temple. with The priests, the guys that went into the temple, the guys that went into God's presence, the guys that went into the Holy of Holies, the guys that went in to represent the people to God, those were the priests. And Peter says, okay, now you are the priests. You are the ones that can go into the presence of God. You are the ones that can go into the world and represent God to show them, show the world God's goodness. So it's been 30 years since Christ died. Peter has written his first letter to the churches, but he's old now. He's gonna be martyred soon. He doesn't have much longer on this earth. He'll be rejoining Jesus soon. And Peter writes those churches, those outcasts, those refugees, a second letter. And this is Second Peter chapter one. Peter writes this. This letter is from Simon Peter, a slave and apostle of Jesus Christ. I'm writing to you who share the same precious faith we have. This faith was given to you because of the justice And fairness of Jesus Christ, our God and Savior. May God give you more and more grace and peace as you grow in your knowledge of God and Jesus our Lord. By His divine power, God has given us everything we need for a godly life. We have received all of this by coming to know Him, the one who called us to Himself by means of His marvelous glory and excellence. And because of his marvelous glory and excellence, he has given us great and precious promises. These are the promises that enable you to share his divine nature and escape the world's corruption caused by human desires. In view of all of this, make every effort to respond to God's promises, supplement your faith with a generous provision of moral excellence and moral excellence with knowledge and knowledge with self-control and self-control with patient endurance and patient endurance with godliness and godliness with brotherly affection and brotherly affection with love for everyone. The more you grow like this, the more productive and useful you will be in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But those who fail to develop in this way are, are short sighted and blind, forgetting that they've been cleansed from their old sins. So, dear brothers and sisters, work hard to prove that you really are among those who God has called and chosen. Do these things and you'll never fall away. Then God will give you a grand entrance into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Therefore, I will always remind you about these things, even though you already know them and standing firm in the truth that you've been taught. And it's only right that I should keep reminding you as long as I live. For our Lord Jesus Christ shown me that I must soon leave this earthly life. So I will work hard to make sure that you always remember these things after I'm gone. For we're not making up clever stories when we told you about the powerful coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. We saw his majestic splendor with our own eyes when he received honor and glory from God the Father. The voice from the majestic glory of God when it said to him, this is my dearly loved son who brings me great joy. We ourselves heard that voice from heaven when we were with him on the holy mountain. Because of that experience, we have even greater confidence in the message proclaimed by the prophets you must pay close attention to what they wrote, for the lords are like a lamp shining in a dark place until the day dawns and Christ the morning star shines in your hearts. Above all, you must realize that no prophecy in Scripture ever came from the prophet's own understanding or from human initiative. No, those prophets were moved by the Holy Spirit and they spoke from God. Peter says, God has given you everything you need to live a godly life. You have the ability to go into God's presence. You have the ability to grow and to be more productive for the kingdom. You have scripture to guide you through life. Scripture that was given through the Holy Spirit, he says. The same spirit, by the way, that now lives in you as living stones in God's temple. You have everything you need. And what was it that he said at the beginning? He said that you share in the same faith that he has. That your faith is the same as Peter's faith. He says it's the same faith because of the fairness and justice of Jesus. That you have the faith, you have the ability to go into God's presence like the priest did. The ability to hear from God. The ability to reach into the world the same way Peter and the apostles did. But so often we don't live up to that. We don't live that way. We settle for common rather than uncommon. So many people come to church with the attitude like, Pastor, I, I need you to teach me something. Or or worship team. Make, can you make me feel closer to God? A.W. Tozer, who's a theologian and a Christian Missionary Alliance guy, by the way, said that every man is as close to God as he wants to be. The question is, am I just coming to church or, or listening to some preacher or listening to some podcast or reading some book by some author am I doing that and just like I'm like a baby bird just saying like feed me feed me feed me feed me the reason that Jesus came in to the world was so that you could have a relationship with him and that you could learn from him not not so that somebody else could and then you could just kind of get secondhand Jesus from them the question we have to ask ourselves, the question that I have to ask myself is, are you, am I, walking into the holy of holies? Am I walking into God's presence every day, opening up my living and active word of God, the Bible, to feed on God's word and letting God feed me? Not somebody else, not some author or, or some teacher, but letting God feed me. In Hebrews chapter five and verse 11 and 12, the author says, there's much more that we'd like to say about this, but it's difficult to explain, especially since you're spiritually dull and don't seem to listen. He says, you've been believers for so long now that you ought to be teaching others. Instead, you need somebody to teach you again the basic things about God's word. You're like babies who need milk and can't eat solid food. Some of you have been Christians long enough and you've been in church long enough. It's time to start feeding yourself. It's like having a three-year-old or a four-year-old or a five-year-old that's still coming to be nursed and saying, come feed me, feed me, feed me. It's like, well, at some point, you can kind of put the food in your own mouth. You can feed yourself. Some of you, it's, it's time for you to start feeding others, discipling others, teaching others, pouring yourself into other people. And the way the world is changing, spiritually and with technology and just as a culture, we can't keep doing things the way that we've always done them. The, the way that we've done things for the past 50 years, 100 years, it's not going to work in the future. It's barely working now. You know, we, we talked last week that, that in the past 10 years, the, the suicide rate has gone up 56%. Well, what we've been doing isn't gonna continue to work in the future. We, we have to be people that are continually going in, all of us, to God's presence and having him fill us and having him send us out to, to our world. What if instead of expecting just a few people, that, whoever is up on stage on Sunday, what if instead of expecting a few of us on Sunday morning to lead all of you into God's presence, what if instead of going to a pastor or other sources to be spiritually nourished, what if we were all going into the Holy of Holies? What if we were all going in to the presence of God? All with the same faith as Peter. All with the same faith that that would jump out of a boat. And then all of us coming out of his presence together and using the gifts that God has given all of us for God. What would church look like then? What, what, what if church was, instead of just a few people using their gifts on Sunday morning, what if it was all of us using our gifts on Sunday morning and on Monday morning and every day? What would church look like then? because that would change what church looks like on Sunday morning. If we all came in, we had all spent time in the presence of God before we got here, spent time in his presence and came in and we were all using the gifts that God had given us on Sunday morning. It would probably be a little bit less me preaching, which may be a good thing anyway. If we were all using the spiritual gifts that God had given us Together, what would Sunday morning look like? And what, what does all of us priests, all of us being the ones that, that go into God's presence when we're all doing that, what does that result in? What does Peter say? He says, as a result, you can show others the goodness of God. For he called you out of the darkness into his wonderful light. See, that's when the world starts to change. That's when the suicide rate starts to change. That's when the drug problem starts to change, is when God starts doing it through all of us. In 1 Peter four ten and eleven, he says that God has given each of you a gift from His great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to serve one another. He says, "Do you have the gift of speaking?" Then speak as though God himself are speaking through you. Do you have the gift of helping others? Then do it with all of the strength and all of the energy that God supplies. Then everything you will do will bring glory to God through Jesus Christ. All glory and power to him forever and ever. Amen. When Jesus came as a baby on Christmas... The supernatural stepped into the natural. The fabric between heaven and earth became paper thin. Supernatural angels talking to common shepherds because God was now with us. But God is still with us today, living in us. His spirit on fire, living in the hearts of those that believe. And today you might be here and say, "Look, I'm just a common person. I have a common job. My life is is not special or spectacular. It looks common, but you know what? At one Peter, at one point, Peter would have said that, I'm just a common fisherman. I just throw nets in the water, and I, I hope that fish go in them. Mary, Mary would have said Mary did say." I'm nothing special. I'm just a common girl. The shepherds would have said, we're just common sheep herders. We're just guys that tell sheep where to go on the night shift. But Christmas happened so that something uncommon, something supernatural could happen in you not to you, but through you. And it's time for us, it's time for the church to do and to be something uncommon. As a result, you can show others the goodness of God for he called you out of the darkness into his wonderful light. If Christ has come to you, he sees something Uncommon in you. And Christ came to each one of us. If you believe if Christmas has come, if Christ has come in your heart, then it's time to let that wonderful Christmas light shine through you and become an uncommon person of an uncommon people for an uncommon God who would step into human history so that you might know him. It's time to let that light shine through you. In Jesus' name, amen.